You are listening to the audio preaching podcast of Cornerstone Baptist Church in Fallbrook, California, pastored by James Christensen. Though located in the heart of Southern California, you will hear powerful, relevant, and life-changing preaching from the Word of God. Pastor Christensen believes that every Christian can reach their potential for the Lord. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Welcome again. We're here studying meekness and wisdom, which I've titled Rubies and Wisdom Part 2. Hopefully you've watched or listened to part one and it's going to all come together. It's a very encouraging study that I know for myself encouraged me that, you know, this is something that the Lord can bless and gift if I'm walking with him and I ask him for it. So Psalm 22, 26 says, the meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. Um, the psalmist David uh, several times mentioned the word meek. And it's so important, ladies, for us to take it to heart, not cast it off that it's something that I just am not, but that God, through his grace, can enable me to be that meek and quiet spirit that he talked about in our verse we mentioned last week in Peter. Here's a wonderful story um, that I found that has to do with meekness. Listen to this. A truly humble man is hard to find, yet God delights to honor such selfless people. Booker T. Washington, the renowned black educator, was an outstanding example of this truth. Shortly after he took over the presidency of Tuskegee Institute in Alabama, he was walking in an exclusive section of town when he happened to be stopped by a wealthy white woman. Not knowing who the famous Mr. Washington was by sight, she asked if he would like to earn a few dollars by chopping wood for her. Because he had no pending uh, presiding or pressing business at the moment, Professor, Wa Professor Washington smiled, rolled up his sleeves, and proceeded to do the humble chore that she had requested. When he was finished, he carried the logs into the house and stacked them by the fireplace for her. A little girl recognized him and later revealed his true identity to this woman. The next morning, the embarrassed woman went to see Mr. Washington in his office at the Institute and apologized profusely. He said, it's perfectly all right, madam, he replied. Occasionally, I enjoy a little manual labor. Besides, it's always a delight to do something for a friend. She shook his hand warmly and assured him that his meek and gracious attitude had endeared her, him and his work to her heart. Not long afterwards, this woman showed her admiration by persuading some other wealthy acquaintances to join her in donating thousands of dollars to the Tuskegee Institute. You know, Mr. Washington was really unbelievable. He could have had an attitude and really told her, you know, her place or who he was, but instead he was humble and meek. And he also didn't uh, make a lawsuit over it. It just showed his true character and spirit that he didn't feel insulted 
Like he said, he did some humble work for a friend, and here was a woman he just met for the first time. You know, the Lord uh, used that, that situation to be such a blessing. Psalm 25, 9, it says, The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. You know, if I were in that situation as Mr. Washington was, I don't know that I would handle it the same way. Sometimes we really like to give that person a piece of our mind. And I think no time as ever we could all relate to right now are, it could be a situation of walking into a store and forgetting a mask or your mask isn't up high enough or someone else in line is coughing without a mask. Just all these little details about masks can really get us irate, ticked off, um, want to really tell someone what their place should be. But here, such an insignificant thing as a mask versus the situation with Mr. Washington, he really had merit to feel degraded, to feel insulted, but instead he chose the meek route. And I really admire him for his position and the character that he displayed that day. Don't forget, ladies, the word meek that we defined last week, again, this is um, substituting for the word wisdom, but the word meek, we took an acronym and said, if you're to be meek, are you mild in your responses and your manner? The letter E, every day, ask God for discernment. E, every day, ask God for his spirit. And K, be kind-hearted and humble. Those things all put together are what meekness are, what it is. So Psalm 37, verse 11 says, But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. You know, the end times, we don't know if they are what we're living or yet to come, but wars and rumors of wars, we can relate to that. But to know that we can have delight in the abundance of peace may not be worldwide peace, but it really means peace in my soul. Am I at peace with the Lord? Am I at peace with others? I cannot have meekness if I do not have those two things. Uh, In May of 2012, a 32-carat Burmese ruby and diamond ring that was part of a collection of Lily Safra, who was one of the richest women in the world, it was sold at an auction. The pre-auction estimate for the sale was three to five million dollars, but the final sale price ended up being at six point seven million dollars. I'll stop right there. One million dollars, you know, is hard to fathom. But we get these numbers higher and higher, and I can't really relate other than maybe be shocked or in awe. But really, this price just about doubled. So then it says, it is believed to be the most expensive ruby that was ever sold. But you know, ladies, the Bible talks that wisdom is far better than rubies. And in our title, Rubies and Wisdom, You know, I would rather have that wisdom, but yet the beauty of rubies can be substituted again for meekness. Do you have both of those? Could someone look at your life and say, wow, she is more valuable than a ruby. I've got just a fake ruby here that if you were here, I have a few extra. I'd like to give sometimes something away when I speak for you to remember it. But you put this somewhere like I have done before to remind me, am I being that value of a ruby? Am I being meek 
and having that wisdom that God says the, the price is far above rubies. Well, just this one ruby was $6.7 million. And God says that our value can be even higher than that. And it's something that can't be bought with money. <clears throat> Proverbs 3.15, she is more precious than rubies. And all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. And it's interesting that um, that verse is feminine in its nature. And that we can be more precious ladies than rubies. That God says it's only through him, through our walk with him, is that possible. But that things can't even be compared unto it. Now if this were a real ruby in my hand, and you were sitting here in a live audience and I said, I'm going to um, just choose maybe out of a hat of all the names that are here. And this ruby is going to be a gift. Um, you know, I'd imagine some of us would be wishing that, man, I should have put my name in that hat twice. Boy, I really, that would be amazing to win it. But we did nothing for it. But God says our spirit, that we are valued higher than this. So I looked into a couple facts about the ruby to help me understand the value God has placed upon wisdom, meekness, um, a woman who is walking with God. So the ruby is one of the four precious gemstones. There's the amethyst, the emerald, and the diamond. Now it's interesting because I would have said sapphires in there, but I investigated and sapphires are actually part of the ruby line. Um, they're less valuable, although the value is still high. They just have a slightly different um, mineral composite about them, but they're in the same family line. Rubies are second only to diamonds in hardness. Also today, um, which is 2021, I looked it up, one carat pure ruby is valued at between ten dollars and $12,000. I didn't realize before this study how valuable in the market today that rubies really were. So that really surprised me as well. I also learned that if someone wants to know if it's a true ruby, it's because of its hardness. If you take a, what you think is a ruby and you try to scratch it across another hard surface, especially like glass, if it is a real ruby, it will not leave any color. But if you see any kind of streak of red that's left on that glass, you do not have a real ruby. Because it's so hard, it will not leave its color behind. So ladies, I'm wondering about my life and about yours. Am I the real thing? Or when life challenges come to me, when those rough questions come to me, and my life as a ruby is scratched across that life challenge of some hard glass, does my ruby crumble to prove that I'm not real? Does my ruby of what I'm telling people my life is leave a great big red streak where people can see that I'm not all that Angie says that I am and my walk with the Lord? Or even to my surprise, when I'm scratched across that glass, is there nothing behind? Because I am walking with the Lord and it's Jesus Christ who covers up any marks and makes sure it's him that is pure and clean and nothing left behind. You know, it takes wisdom from the Lord 
to be meek, to be one of the most precious gifts that he gives the saved woman who holds wisdom and meekness. That value is priceless, ladies. And I'm here to encourage you that you can be that. You might think, oh, Miss Angie, you don't know the scars that I have. I'm already a broken ruby that has been taped and glued back together. But what's awesome is when we put our life in the hands of God and Jesus' name covers me up, he can repair that ruby to perfection because God sees Christ in me, not the flaws of the sins of my past, the mistakes that I've made, the things that and decisions that I have uh, shamed myself over. But Jesus Christ is my value. Listen to this poem that I found um, about a mother. She said her hands were ugly and she tried to hide them too. But in God's sight, t'was different for he knew what they could do. They were busy hands for Jesus, doing tasks for him each day. They washed and ironed and sewed and scrubbed in the most willing, cheerful way. They kept a clean and shining home. They cared for a family and did the humble, homely jobs in a manner sweet to see. They were ready to help when others, whenever there was a need. And those ready, willing hands of hers were a source of help indeed. She said her hands were ugly, but not so in his dear sight, for they labored for the master morning, noon, and night. Now, you might be thinking of a woman, a mother, grandmother, sister, daughter that fits that role. Maybe you're not thinking it of yourselves, but you have lived that life. Uh, Ladies, it can be very easy to think we're not very much, that your value, your beauty is here in earthly things. But I'm here to say that I am encouraged that you're wanting some spiritual encouragement by listening or watching this message. And, you know, the Lord can use any life. We don't think that our value is high. However, earthly beauty fades. But if you've got that meek and quiet spirit, that meekness, that wisdom, because you've asked of it of God, your value is far above rubies. I also found um, a little bit of writing from Charles Spurgeon. And here's what he says. Um, really in the, the, this topic, it says there is a marvelous medicinal power in joy. Most medicines are distasteful, but this, which is the best of all medicines is sweet to the taste and comforting to the heart. This blessed joy is very contagious. One dolorous spirit, which means great sorrow or distress. One dolorous spirit brings a kind of plague into the house. One person who is wretched seems to stop all the birds from singing wherever he goes. But the grace of joy is contagious. Holy joy will oil the wheels of your life's machinery. Holy joy will strengthen you for your daily labor. Holy joy will beautify you and give you an influence over the lives of others. Ladies, I'm excited that we are able to look in the word of God at this study, but may it be far more than just a study. May I take it to heart. May I make some decisions along with you. The Lord, I may not be much, 
but I can serve you, I can love you and others. But would you please give me that meek spirit? Would you please give me that wisdom? Lord, not that I'm looking for a high price value, but just to know that you would eye me as a beautiful ruby of high value, all because of my spirit is far beyond anything I could do for myself. Ladies, I'm going to pray for you and along with you. And uh, I would ask you to do so for myself as well. I know I need meekness. It's not something I achieve and I have it the rest of my life. But I need that wisdom to guide my day. I'm so excited that we have each other, even through a video or through audio, but to be able to know that there's other ladies serving the Lord, other ladies that are asking God for wisdom and meekness. I pray for you and I'm excited for you. And I hope that this lesson has been a blessing to you as we continue. And I would love to hear back from you if you found uh, maybe a verse or something out of the scriptures as well that has encouraged your heart on this topic of meekness and wisdom. My email is Angie at cornerstonefallbrook.org. I'll look forward to our next study together soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this preaching podcast from Cornerstone Baptist Church. We hope that you were encouraged. For more information about our ministry, you can find us online at cornerstonefallbrook.org.